Sports Radio 93.7, the Fan Panthers Insider, coming to you on a wet Saturday morning. Weather for ducks out there here in Pittsburgh, at least for the next few hours. As the rain falls, the lightning strikes, the thunder rumbles, and we are three days away from the start of Pitt football training camp. We're going to talk a lot of football this morning. I want to hear from you, 412-928-9370. It's 412-928-9370. Your questions heading into training camp, the 2023 season. Pat Narduzzi, Phil Dracovic, MJ Devonshire, and Mack and Salvis went to media days earlier this week. Pat Narduzzi made some waves with some comments about NIL. But mostly, we saw a lot of respect given to the Panthers and their program. They're underrated going into the 2023 campaign, but everyone's wary of the experience they have and of the track record that they've built in terms of being a competitive force to be reckoned with in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Again, want to hear from you, 412-928-9370, taking your questions as we head into pit football training camp. Some national news. Colorado intends to join the Big 12 Conference. That was made official this week. So the winds of conference realignment continue to blow to and fro. And naturally, that brings with it anxiety for many fans, friends, donors, alumni of programs like the University of Pittsburgh. Pitt obviously moving to the ACC in 2000. 13, their first season, but announced that move in 2011, and found a stable conference home amidst that wave of conference realignment. But ever since the Rutgers move, Maryland move, and obviously Louisville coming to the ACC, Oklahoma, Texas going to the SEC, USC going to the Big Ten, there is this trickle-down effect of what's the next domino or what's the next chip to fall? And Colorado to the to the Big 12 seems to be that next chip. So what does it bring with it? I've heard t- conversations about the Big 12 going after Utah. Doesn't want to have two teams in the same marketplace, though, with BYU. What, what, what comes of that? Oregon, Washington seem to be natural defectors from the Pac-12. The Pac-12 seemingly the, the weakest of the Power 5 conferences in terms of stability. Where do Oregon and Washington go? Oregon being the most notable in terms of their brand, uh, obviously Phil Knight, Nike, um, national championships, you know, the run with Marcus Mariota, um, really still have a very good program, a marquee brand, that that Oregon Duck, that, that O, they, everyone knows it. Where do they go and, and do they, does the Big Ten want to expand? The, what's the SEC want to do? The fear in the ACC is, does expansion help, or does does it dilute revenue? Are you able to attract schools that truly add to the visibility? Because this come down, comes down to television dollars, the visibility of the Atlantic Coast Conference, or are you seemingly just further dividing the pot? What does a school like West Virginia do for the ACC? I would argue it would be a good move. And I might be in the minority there in terms of Pitt fans that want West Virginia to be in the ACC. I think you're looking for competitive brands that bring eyeballs to television screens, that put fans in seats, that have 
a history and a track record of competitiveness on the gridiron and the hardwood, I think it adds to the ACC more so than an SMU or a Houston, in my opinion. What say you about expansion out west? Arizona, Arizona State. You know, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. Arizona, Arizona State. Obviously, you know, marquee market, Phoenix, Tucson. Big cities. Major media markets. What does that do, though, in terms of cost and travel and all those things? Very interesting times. I tend to always try to step back when these things happen because the anticipated avalanche of moves or of defections or conference additions or subtractions never seems to follow as swiftly as you anticipate. You never – it's never – USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and all of a sudden the Pac-12 has five teams. It's been a slow, methodical process. I think the same will be true for the Big 12. Obviously, it's looking to bolster its position. Um, they've lost Texas and, and Oklahoma effectively here in, in, in the next year or so. And they're adding Colorado, obviously aided and abetted by Coach Prime and what he's brought to the table in terms of their brand. Um, a very good institution and a very great area to the Big 12, I'm not sure they're going to add four more teams or three more teams here in the next coming weeks. I could be wrong. But nevertheless, our focus today is what shall the ACC do? How does the ACC stay at number – because really it's a competition for for third right now in terms of both revenue and competition, competitive excellence, football and basketball most notably, most, most importantly football the SEC being number one, the Big Ten being a close second. The ACC has been third. Clemson's been a big reason why Florida State. Pitt obviously has advanced to a New Year's Six Bowl game and finished in a very good pole position at the the conclusion of the 2021 season. How does the ACC stay third? Jim Phillips spoke this week that he's – the conference has been looking at expansion. They've also been looking at different revenue models. I think the question I want to pose to to those of you listening this morning is, what are your thoughts on West Virginia joining the ACC? If you're a West Virginia fan and you happen to be listening to the show, which which may be an unlikely proposition, but say you are, would you join the ACC if you're West Virginia? Does that not make more sense geographically? A lot of Pitt fans will say they're not a good enough institution, not a good enough school. I think we got to get past that at this point. I, 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 I do not, and we will speak with Chancellor Joan Gable here next, next segment. I certainly value academics and what that brings to the table. And the ACC has, in my opinion, the best collection of academic institutions in the country in terms of Power Five conferences. But when you're looking at top-line revenue and, and growing the brand and footprint of the ACC – I think the conference has proven it's willing to make some exceptions. Louisville isn't a isn't known far and wide as an academic power. There there are other schools in the ACC that that don't rank as highly as Pitt or Duke or Georgia Tech. I think when you're looking at 
making a move in conference realignment, you're looking for brands. You're looking for what's going to enhance the television viewing experience when you look at matchups. I think West Virginia adds to that for the ACC, both in football and in basketball. I don't think there's any way you can argue it. that Yeah, they haven't been riding their high horse the last few years in football. But for the last couple decades in the aggregate, they certainly, certainly held their own and made a couple runs at being in the BCS picture back in the day. We'll talk about pit football camp, but for now I want to take your calls, 412-928-9370. Want to chat about conference realignment and specifically where's West Virginia fit in in terms of joining the ACC and locking horns again with Pitt on an annual basis. Let's go to Mark in Burgettstown. Mark, good morning. Hi, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? Good. You remember talking to me up at Golf Galaxy? I'm friends with Vinny and Larry. I absolutely. I remember talking to you, man. Great, great to hear from you. Great to How hear. You hope, to, hope to see you then uh, there again soon. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, I think Pitt dropped the ball when they didn't invite West Virginia. I mean, not Pitt, but the ACC when Pitt first joined the ACC. And I think they should have had Cincinnati and West Virginia join the ACC. You know, Mark, it's a good point. I think um, I tend to agree, and I, I really appreciate the call, man, and I hope to see you back at Golf Galaxy sometime soon. You know, if you look at, and I, I was talking the other day about, someone asked me, you know, who, are the, who are the powers in the, in the Big East at the time, who, who are our biggest rivals in the, in the Big East back when I was playing, 2007 to 10, really the, the latter years of our tenure in the, in the Big East. It was Cincinnati and West Virginia. And both of those schools had excellent basketball records as well. Cincinnati's a, a very good school. They've done tremendous work with their facilities. Obviously, it's not too difficult to travel there. Morgantown's not that bad either. I mean, it, you know, you fly into some of these places, uh, you know, in, in the ACC, and um, you're looking at long commutes to get to campus. You fly into Pittsburgh International Airport, it's not too far to get to Morgantown. 50, uh, 55 minutes an hour. Not not too bad. That's that's probably in the the upper percent, but it's 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 certainly not far off the average commute. Uh, you know, like when you fly into Roanoke to go to Virginia Tech, that's that's a long hike. So it's not out of the ordinary. I agree. I think those schools add to it. Now at the time, obviously things had kind of settled down. There was the there was the impending Louisville move to the ACC that was announced a couple years after Pitt or a couple months, rather. It might have been like 12 months after, 12 to 15 months after Pitt announced, if I recall, Louisville uh, w- was also going to be moving to the ACC. So there was a stabilization of, of, of sorts in the middle part of the last decade. But the waters have gotten choppier the farther along we've gotten into the 2020s. I mean, hindsight certainly is 2020 when it comes to adding schools like that. There's a school. How about UConn? You know, I go back to 2007 to 10. Again, I, I, I know their arrangement playing at Rensselaer Field, a place that uh, I, I rue that place. Um, playing at Rensselaer Field, you know, is an ideal. It's it's not your best scenario, uh, but that was a team that it was had not one, not two, a couple, a few top 25 appearances 
during the latter part of uh, of the first part of this this century, 2008, 9-ish. They had some really good players. Randy Edsel did a terrific job, but they were difficult out in the Big East. They were co- at least co-Big Big East champions once or twice. Just won a national championship in basketball. Is the UConn Husky a, a national brand? Tough to argue it's not, particularly in basketball. And we know football moves the revenue needle, but basketball also is is critically important. And again, UConn not known as an academic power, but again, I, I think we need to look past those things. We'll take your calls, the balance of the show, 412-928-9370. I think this will calm down again. Tuesday, it's going to be about football. It's going to be about Pitt opening its 2023 training camp. Report, players report Tuesday, practice starts Wednesday. We'll hear from players and coaches alike throughout the course of this week. The anticipation of football season is going to crescendo and continue to build as we head through the month of August. Next segment, I was very fortunate. I got a chance to go to the cathedral yesterday and sit down with Pitt's 19th chancellor, new chancellor Joan T.A. Gable. Uh, I had a great conversation with Joan that I want to play for you, uh, talking about her first few weeks in office and her love of sports and her view of the importance of athletics in the scope of the collegiate experience for the student body and campus community as a whole. We'll get to that interview after this break. Take your calls as well. If you're listening to Panthers Insider on 93.7 The Fan.